Hi, I'm India Yarbrough, and thanks for tuning in to the second co-hosted episode of It's Your Business. Hi, and I'm Katrine Bridges from the Greater Topeka Partnership. Yes, India, we've got some really good feedback on our first episode with Bobby Sloan. For those of you who remember, uh, Bobby's company, stayhomekansas.com, helps shop owners and creators to keep their businesses going during and after the COVID-19 pandemic. That's right. And this week on the show, we're talking with a businesswoman who has a passion not only for pets and their companions, but for entrepreneurship. It's a great conversation. So let's dive right in. We hope you enjoy the show. speaking today with Leslie Florange, owner of Tinder Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel in Topeka. Leslie officially opened that business in May of 2020 with the goal of providing care for aging pets, sick pets, and those with special needs. We're talking with Leslie today about why she stood up that business, how she's kept it going during the pandemic, and of course, that entrepreneurial spirit that led her to become a small business owner. So with that being said, Leslie, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's exciting. I've not, this is only my second podcast. So. Yay. Well, we're honored. And my, first, <laughs> and my first in person. There you go. So first question, of course, why did you decide to start Tender Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel? I decided to start TLC because having worked in the animal care business for 16 years with Hills Pet Nutrition, I noticed a gap in the marketplace. What I did at Hills essentially was to, I tried to uncover needs that were not obvious. And I traveled around the country and I traveled around the world talking to consumers, pet owners, pet parents, as we call them, to find out what their pets did and how they did it. And from that, I was able to uncover unmet needs which is really what marketing is all about, meeting those unmet needs. Mm -hmm. And in my investigations, I came upon something over and over again, and that is that people had put their lives on hold because they were caring for sick pets, aging pets, or pets that were you know, nearing the end of their time and about to go over the Rainbow Bridge. They didn't go to weddings, they didn't go to graduations, they didn't go on vacation, and I found that among my coworkers as well, right in the same building that I worked in. And I really became passionate that this is a, a need that people have, is to be able to board their pets overnight for several days so that they can go off and live their lives, get a break as a home caregiver. Um, and I felt like Tender Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel should offer that service, either for daycare or overnight boarding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I uh, printed out an article that uh, we had written about you back, you know, when shortly after the, the business opened. And um, I wanted to, to point out this one quote that kind of, you know, goes off of what you just said. But you, you told me um, back in June of last year, I believe it was, you said it's cool to have a great idea or an innovation, but is there a need for this product or service? Um, so, I mean, that really speaks to what you were just saying. And it's it's neat that you were able to recognize that need and say, you know, how can I address this? How can I um, help serve someone uh, who, who, you know, needs the, need the service? So, so that's really, that's really yeah, cool. That was, I mean, it's, it is a great uh, quote because really, 
as I said earlier, you know, you go in and you tell your family, I have this great idea. And they say, oh, yeah, that is a great idea. But will they buy it? Will they use it? Do they need it? Um, And in this case, people truly need it. And I see it, you know, on a regular basis with our customers, our pet parents who come in and they say, listen, you know, my nephew is getting married or my son is getting married and I I want to go, mm-hmm. but I didn't have anyone that I could leave my pet with. You know, oftentimes maybe they'd left it with a neighbor or a friend and they came back and the pet was in worse shape. Oh, no. Uh, and then I have friends in New York, which is where I'm from, and um, I have a friend who is an owner of a market research company in Manhattan, and luckily she lives in Manhattan, but she goes home at lunch and she gives injections to her pet who needs insulin injections. And she so she travels all the way from Midtown to Uptown to go and do that. Well, if she had Tender Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel, we would be able to do that for her. She could drop her baby off in the morning and we'd keep it until five. We'd give them the insulin shots that they need, give them the loving that they need, make sure they have lots of water, which is what they need. And this is a service that people truly need and, mm-hmm. and want. Well, what has been the most rewarding aspect of of getting TLC Pet Nursing Hotel up and running? I think one of the most rewarding things has been recognizing uh, a need that is unknown to me, was, was a surprise to me. And that is that there are so many anxious pets out there. Mm-hmm. So whereas we had anticipated taking care of older pets or pets with quote unquote special needs, which could mean a lot of different things, there are a lot of anxious pets out there that are anywhere from one years old to you know 16 years old. We are anxious ourselves as individuals. Somehow there's some transference going on there or people have um, taken pets into their home that were from a shelter and they've experienced some kind of trauma. Consequently, they're anxious, they're full of anxiety. And these are pets that are therefore hard to take to a regular doggy daycare facility. Coming to Tender Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel, that's what we now specialize in as well. Not just older pets, but pets who are anxious. We have puppies that are anxious. We have four-year-olds, two-year-olds, 12-year-olds that are anxious. And we use different techniques to get them to be calm, not have separation anxiety, for instance, and be able to spend the day or the several days with us without suffering through this anxiety that they that they have at home. That's so interesting because we hear a lot that people uh, people's anxiety levels have gone up tremendously, right? Especially with uh, COVID nineteen hitting hitting all of us in 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 a very personal way. And uh, this is the first time that I'm becoming aware that this actually transfers to to the animals, right? So um, we've heard a lot that um, you know this all the pet shelters are emptied out and, and people adopt uh, cats and dogs and, and companions to to probably deal with that kind of new environment that uh, we need to, to deal with as human beings. Yes. And, and and I'm wondering, you know, has that have has that had a, a big impact on your business? Absolutely. Um, what people are finding is that as they go back to work even, right? They've brought these pets into their home during the pandemic for company, for love, um, and now they're going back to the office. And these pets are confused. They're like, okay, 
I came from this environment, then I came to this wonderful, you know, warm place with this wonderful warm mama data, Mm -hmm. and now you're gone. So the separation anxiety is another one that's coming up. So there's separation anxiety, and then there's regular anxiety, and so I think we're gonna see more and more of that as people start going back to their offices and having to leave their pets behind. Consequently, we will be starting a new program uh, Tender Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel, which we'll be calling the TLC Enrichment Academy. And okay. what we'll be doing there is taking in dogs only, That's, we can only do it with dogs, where we'll be working with them on socialization, because that's one of the other things. They're not used to being around other pets. They've been with you and no one else for the last 12 months. So they need to be able to interact with other pets, other other dogs, whether they are small or large. They want to be able to use their brains. So we're going to use uh, cognitive exercises to teach them how to do things and really use their brain from a sensory standpoint as well. So we're going to be working with all of their senses. And this is an exhausting thing for them. So at regular doggy daycare, they run around and they hunt and they, you know, hike. And here we'll be doing cognitive and physical and sensorial and socialization activities to help these pets with their anxiety and to have a really fun day uh, at Tender Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel. Mm-hmm. I know, of course, your your business model relies a bit on people leaving their pets with you, you know, whether they're going to work or going on a trip or, or whatever. I mean, have and, and with people working from home, a lot of that part of the business has been cut out. Have you seen business start to pick up a little bit as people begin to get vaccinated and, and start to head back into the office? Uh, So one of the things that has really helped us stay afloat has been grooming. Mm, So we kind of pivoted to grooming Mm -hmm. uh, for the last, you know, 11 months. Now we are starting to see people going back and we are seeing our boarding business pick up. People are starting to make trips via their car, some people via air, but most people via car and not wanting to, you know, subject a pet to nine hours in a car. And so they're they're leaving their babies with us. March was a great month for us with spring break. Mm-hmm. And um, we've also been blessed that Westwich Animal Hospital here in Topeka has sus- suspended their boarding business and they're sending a lot of customers to us. And we're grateful. We're really grateful for that. I'm, I'm heartened that the relationships that I've tried to um, have with the veterinarians here in town um, has paid off and that they recognize that Tender Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel is a great place to get the care for the pets, um, for people who, who need that kind of care. Awesome. And and you're kind of a, a psychologist, therapist, um, <laughs> and and uh, an educator for, for those animals, correct? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I know more about pet nutrition than I know about pets. I just love them. And I'm blessed to have a great team of people who work for me who have taught me so much about not just um, going up and letting a pet smell your hand before you engage with them, but some pets, like these anxious pets, for instance, we just open the door of our suite and we have luxury suites. We don't use kennels or crates. Um, and we go and we open the door and we sit on the floor and I wait for a pet to come to me. Because if I were to just go in there and, you know, they wouldn't be happy and they might try to bite me or nip at me and only because they're scared, not because they want to hurt me. And so I've learned a lot about that. And I've 
I knew about the anxiety because believe it or not, I actually uncovered that need for Hills several years ago, this calming. We, so we introduced several products for calming pets. But I didn't put the two and two together mm-hmm. for the business until, you know, just recently. Interesting. Um, so there's nutrition out there that is calming. There's sprays. There's different apparatus that you can use. Um, so, you know, yes, we're being therapists. We're learning how to get these pets to trust us and to want to be at tender loving care. And so that when they walk through the door the next time, they're not sort of freaked out. And when mama leaves, they're not freaked out because they know that they're gonna get the level of care that they that they uh, would like. And some of them end up staying in the lobby with us and now they're so spoiled. If you try to put them back <laughs> in their suite, they're like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, we wanna be out in the lobby with you guys. So. They're a little spoiled, some of them, but we we love them, and you know we love having them near us as well. So you just uh, alluded again to your experience at Hills Pet Nutrition, and uh, if you go a little back in your history, you you really have quite a corporate uh, background. How has that uh, corporate background prepared you for what uh, you're doing now with Tender Loving Care? The corporate background was. Um, intentional, right? I I wanted to have my own business since I was probably 15 or 16, Mm -hmm. maybe even younger than that. And um, when I found out about product management, I decided that was the um, major that I should have because when you're a product manager working for a major corporation, you are basically the CEO of that product line. And so you're in charge of the advertising, the promotion, the generating the revenue um, and the profit and also the operations, making sure your product is being manufactured correctly, the ingredients are correct, et cetera. And so it really is great training for running a real business. Having said that, (laughs) I guess my my greatest uh, surprise was, you know, dealing with something like payroll, (laughs) OMG. Um, you know, we have at any given time 10 to 12 folks working for me and doing the payroll and, you know, uh, paying the taxes and getting them in on time and knowing which form is which and all of that is totally uh, overwhelming um, to me. Uh, then recently, Great Topeka Partnership put together a program for writing a continuity plan. Now, if anybody works at any kind of company, they have thought of this and they have done this and they know that if there's a fire or some kind of catastrophe, what to do. Small businesses, in most cases, don't have such a thing. Mm -hmm. And so Glenda Washington over at the Greater Topeka Partnership put together this continuity program and we got a chance to learn about it and then write our own continuity plan. I mean, if I had, if something happens to me who would have all the passwords? Who would know what to do? Who, you know, if we had a fire, would anybody in my organization know what to do with the pets, et cetera, et cetera? So, you know, you have this dream of opening a business and, and everyone says, oh, do you know how to write a business plan? Come and learn how to write a business plan. Yeah, okay, but does anybody tell you how to do payroll? Does anybody <laughs> tell you, hey, you need a continuity plan? No. 
And those are the things that are sort of those backroom things that even in corporate America, you're not necessarily aware of unless that's what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. And that is not what I did for a living at Hills or any other corporation. I was a marketing person. And even though I was running a brand, I wasn't doing payroll and I wasn't thinking about what if. Wasn't my, you know, wasn't my job. So um, corporate America prepared me in many, many ways, but there are other things that become apparent Mm -hmm. when you actually get into running the actual business. Gotcha. Well, they they always say the devil is in the details, right? So correct. Maybe it's, you know, so you got to learn those details a little bit. Yeah. You branch out on your own. Interesting. Well, you said you mentioned a few minutes ago that you have wanted to be or wanted to own your your own small business since you were a teenager, practically. Um, was there uh, a specific moment or experience that made you realize you wanted to to become an entrepreneur? I mean, how yeah. how did you come to that realization at fifteen? <laughs> I, I tell this story all the time in, um, you know, having lived in New York, um, my mother was a, a little bougie, I would say, and <laughs> we used to shop at, you know, Lord and & Taylor and uh, B. Altman's. And those are pretty pricey stores. And if my mother found a scratch or a hanging thread on a garment that she wanted to buy, she would call the buyer. She, you know, she'd say to the saleswoman, well, I, you know, I want a percentage off on this because yada, yada, yada. And they would call the buyer and the buyer would come out and she'd say, oh, okay, you know, I'll give you 10% off of this or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that is cool. <laughs> you know, and it was usually it was a woman nine times out of 10. So at first I decided I wanted to be a buyer. And then I said, well, I want to have my own boutique. I want to sell, you know, clothes. So um, that was really sort of what got me started was seeing women in business. You know, she wasn't the salesperson. She was the buyer and she had the power to, you know, reduce a price. And she was the person who went out and actually, you know, bought these things. Mm-hmm. I was a buyer. I did. I, I thought I wanted to be a buyer. I did become a buyer. Um, I bought during the summers while I was in college. Um, I even got a job as a buyer in high school. I was in charge of the buying for the uh, junior department in our local uh, boutique in town. Mm-hmm. Um, they saw that I had an eye for it, and I, I told them I wanted to try to do it, and they actually hired me to do it. So I was working, um, I guess, when I was like 13. Mm-hmm. So yes, I've wanted to have my own business a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So you knew very early on um, that uh, if you want something, you go out and create it and you get it, right, for yourself. Yes. And, uh, and I think that is something that um, we hear a lot when we talk to, to entrepreneurs that have that spark and just go for it, right? Yes. Um, and and I, I, can, I can certainly see that in you. So we're so happy to have you in our community. Thank you. Um, so has your idea of entrepreneurship evolved over time? Clearly, you're not a buyer right now, right? That was, that was uh, your first steps. But, um, and, and even during your corporate career, um, you know, once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. Um, has, how has your view of entrepreneurship evolved? Well, um, I'll go back a little bit to say that um, you know, I wasn't a buyer. I, I was a buyer for a while, and then um, I actually started my own business. Mm, uh, must be about twenty, thirty years ago now. 
I started a business out of my home, so there was no overhead, and there was a lot of arm twisting on that. I wanted to have a little boutique, but I was selling African-American collectibles and fine art out of my home. I I made a gallery in my home, and people would come to my home by invitation and buy these, and I also did home shows where it was sort of like a Tupperware thing, where I went to people's homes, and they could buy, I did a presentation on my items, and then they could buy whatever they wanted. And I did that, again, I have a passion for animals now, but I also had a passion for African-American children and saying I wanted them to have things in their home that looked like them so that um, they knew that they could achieve anything. We would have artist signings, we would have author signings, and they could come, children and adults, and see that these authors, these African-American authors, these African-American artists look just like you and me, and you can be that one day, right? And so I did that while I ran, while I worked a full-time job in New Jersey. It was called the Mahogany Curio Collection. Um, So I've evolved from you know, doing a small-time housebound business into doing a full-on, you know, brick-and-mortar business where we are dealing with customers coming in and pets staying. My, my idea of entrepreneurialism has changed in the sense that I feel you can do anything that you want. However, you need to think about what the long-term plan is. You know, if you wanna sell um, incense and you wanna open a store selling incense, you really need to think about, is that something that people are gonna want long-term? Unless you just wanna be in a, you know, a one-off kind of situation. What I'm trying to say is, for me, and why I opened Tender Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel is I could see that pet ownership is only growing. Mm-hmm. We are single people. We're not all getting married at you know 20. Pets are either your only companion or a starter companion. Young people sort of see pets as a starter child even. And so this is going to continue as we evolve. And I think the pandemic has only added to that where we're solitary and have been solitary. We've had to learn how to be solitary. And so consequently, I think there is a long-term opportunity for this business and for all you know, pet care businesses. And I think when you're an entrepreneur, you need to think about that. And I don't know that you know, even when I started Mahogany Curio, I was thinking about that. I just had a passion of what I thought was right mm-hmm. and what I wanted to do. And really that trend, that that feeling really only lasted about 10 years and then it just fizzled out. Mm -hmm. Thank God I didn't do what I wanted to do. I listened to friends and family who said, do not, you know, buy a building and, you know, do not, you know, have overhead. Do it the way you're doing it. Um, Because, yeah, it fizzled out, you know, after a time. It sounds like, you know, where passion meets planning is kind of the sweet spot where when it comes to to getting a, a business concept off the ground, would you say that's true? Yeah, I I definitely do. I mean, when they talk about um, writing a business plan, one of the things that is in my business plan are a SWOT analysis, you know, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, Mm -hmm. and threats. Maybe that's in everybody's plan, I don't know. But I think 
that that is really a key thing. So I've, I've mentioned two things now, a continuity plan mm-hmm. and incorporating SWOT planning. I into hope everyone's your, taking notes at home. <laughs> <laughs> including SWOT into your plan, because I think that really sort of helps you um, as you evolve your idea, right? Because, you know, we started out wanting to be a hospice, and then I realized it was way too narrow, mm-hmm. even though passionately I felt like this is what people need. And, you know, I morphed it into recognizing it's bigger than that. It really is these special needs that these pets have. Um, and so over time, talking to people, and I, I also encourage people to do that. When you're starting your business, you think you have the most unique idea in the world and you don't want to share it with anybody because you don't want them stealing the idea. Mm-hmm. But I found that by talking to people, I started thinking differently about what I was doing. And it we kept sort of morphing a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, just a teeny bit here and there. But it really made the difference. And I encourage people to talk to people about your idea to make it stronger, to make it better. Um, I am not a person or I was not a person who really believed in talking to people a lot. You know, I felt like my idea is the best idea and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember uh, going to uh, the nail salon one time and I was telling somebody about it and then this woman chimed in and this woman chimed in and this woman chimed in and I thought when I left there, wow, that was like a focus group. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and, and that's actually what I did, you know, with my first business since I was going to people's homes. Those were focus groups too because I could see what people were interested in, what they wanted to buy, and what didn't sell. That's a focus group as well. So um, I, I totally feel like people need to, you know, pivot if you want or transform your idea by just sort of popping it off with other people. Yeah, well, we've talked a lot about evolving, pivoting, as you just evolving, mentioned. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned adding the, the grooming aspect to kind mm-hmm. of, that was one way that you have recently tried to, to pivot a little bit. Um, you know, having opened up during the pandemic, not even right before the pandemic, during the pandemic, um, you know, are there other ways besides the grooming that you have had to kind of pivot or adapt to to, to survive and, and overcome some of those challenges, um, unforeseen challenges that the pandemic presented? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the um, really I have to go back to the the anxious pets and now coming up with uh, because we don't get a lot of daycare business. Mm-hmm. I think everyone is dropping their pet off at regular doggy daycare, even though they're at home. So they're they're still wanting to you know especially when you're sitting home, you feel guilty, right? Your pet is sitting there licking its licking its paws or sleeping, and you're like, oh, God, I feel so guilty that my pet is so bored, and I don't have time to spend with them. So people drop their pets off at, you know, doggy daycare, like Wolf's or Taj Dog, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we found was, okay, here are these anxious pets, and here is our daycare business that is doing basically zero because we don't have – the facilities, nor are we, nor is our mission to have dogs running around. Mm-hmm. So, by putting together the idea of enrichment together with daycare, gives us a unique proposition to offer to all pets, frankly, but especially to anxious pets. And so, that's that's our latest pivot. 
Pivot number one was grooming. Pivot number two is the Enrichment Academy for all dogs um, to help them learn to socialize and and think with their brains and get them out of the house so Ma doesn't feel bad about, you know, having um, a dog that's bored all day. And frankly, it's something that's perfect for me because when I'm home doing office work, my dog is sitting there looking at me like, okay, what are we gonna do today? You know, and when are you gonna walk me? And <laughs> and I'm like, I am locked down. Mm-hmm. You know, I really don't have time for that, but I feel her pain. Um, so she's gonna be doing enrichment, and Lord knows she needs socialization. <laughs> she's a sweet girl, but she's very protective of me, and so, you know, she needs socialization. We all need a bit of socialization after the year we've Exactly. That's true. Well, and that is something that uh, really nobody can take away from you, that inter- those interactions with your customers, that immediate feedback uh, that, that really shape your, your business and services, right? And, yes. uh, and, and you, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, you can't do this in secret and, and uh, hope that nobody steals your grand idea, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's all in the sharing. But then um, binding your customers to your business by listening to them. It's, I hear this over and over again. And, and maybe it's even me, myself. Um, it's so rare that people actually listen to you. Right for fee- for feedback and and yes. they're so thankful that you may have uh, won your customers for life because they feel appreciated in that way. Um, so uh, I wanted to you you clearly have you know a, a, a business and and, a, and an area that is ready to grow. Right, uh, companion animals are so important to people. They're uh, sometimes. Um, as important as kids, and for some people, maybe more important. I don't know. <laughs> yes. um, do you have uh, expansion plans in the works, or uh, are you are you getting your footing first um, mm. now coming out of the pandemic? Uh, what is your uh, longer term vision for your company? Yeah. Yes. Um, I uh, I went to a college named Babson College in uh, Massachusetts, and I spoke to one of the professors up there. Babson is known for its entrepreneurial program. And so I spoke to some of the entrepreneurial professors, and I was telling them about my idea, and, and one of the professors said, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta hit it out of the park on the first year, you know? Because I said, I'd like to franchise this, you know, I'd like to grow this. And he said, you gotta hit it out of the park the first year. Well, hell of a first year. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I didn't hit anything out of the park. <laughs> so, um, but but having said that, yes, I would love to open up um, a few other locations, and um, you know, ultimately, I would love to make this an idea that's franchisable. I, you know, as I shared my idea with friends and family, they were like, "Oh God, this is a franchise!" And when you're ready to do that, call me because I want to do it. Um, so that's, you know, really what I'd like to do. I'd like to open up down in Overland Park. I'd like to open up in Manhattan and Lawrence. Um, and really, you know, because I, I think that there is a need for this everywhere. Um, and, you know, there'll be people who will do it better, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, if I can carve out this this category of care for fur babies, then I'm I'm good. Because mm-hmm. I, I know that I've done something that people need and they want, and um, I think we do it very well. We'd like to be, you know, best in class for what we're doing. 
Absolutely. Well, like you said, you you kind of are carving out that that niche. I mean, you're not you're not quite a, a veterinary clinic. You're not right. quite a doggy daycare, like you've said. You you really are kind of uh, finding your your own spot. Um, I mean, as you have have found that that niche and, and set up this business, uh, you've talked a little bit about the, the challenges you've had to overcome. But is there is there one primary obstacle that has kind of stood in your way that you've had to to grapple with or face? Hmm. Good question. I would say I'm the obstacle. Me. <laughs> Why is that? Because um, there's only one of me, <laughs> and and I'm a sole proprietor. I don't have a partner. And I'm trying to do everything. And I think every entrepreneur can, um, you know, identify with that. I think I'm the self-limiter. You know, I try to get things out on Facebook and social media. I have someone that helps me with my posts. Um, I try to get the advertising done. I try to um, be a part of the community and let the community know what I'm doing. I do this, that, the other thing. I do the payroll. I do the this. I do that. And, you know, of course, there are not enough hours in the day. And, you know, with the pandemic going on, I, I'm going to admit that it has been, you know, debilitating for me um, to try and do all of those things. So, um, you know, some days you feel like you've done nothing, many days. Uh, and when the phone isn't ringing, you really feel like you haven't done anything. Um, so I would say that is, you know, the biggest thing for me is not having someone else to help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my friends have been fabulous. I have a friend in New York who, you know, he designs, um, he just designed our little logo for the TLC uh, Enrichment Academy. Um, he, you know, he does a lot of my work for free. Um, so, you know, I'm blessed to have that, but there are things that I have to do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a hard time. It's been a hard time, you know, writing the continuity plan, getting it in on time so I can get that $5,000 check, trying to get money from the city of Topeka, uh, trying to get a PPP loan. I can't get a PPP loan because I opened after February of 2020 and I don't have 2019 sales to um, to look, you know, to show that, yeah, my business has been negatively impacted by the pandemic. Trying to reach out to, you know, government officials to say, hey, you need to change this. You need to think about us. I'm not the only business that opened during the pandemic. And we didn't open because we wanted to. We opened because we had to. We were already, you know, I, I started my business in 2018. I had to go find the find the building, you know, get it constructed, hire people, train people. So it was really, I mean, two years of prep. It was two, two years of prep. And so, you know, it's just so frustrating that that's not enough to qualify for, for funding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that's a limiter. <laughs> Everybody else can go out there and get loans and get grants. And, and to be honest, you know, what entrepreneur wants to take on more debt? Sure. So there's grants out there. And a grant means you don't pay it back. It's free money. And um, 
I want I want a piece of that action, mm-hmm. and that's another really frustrating thing. And you and I have talked about that. We India. have. <laughs> um, I'm still fighting with the city of Topeka, and and went to a Jado meeting recently to advocate for not only getting the loan, being eligible for the loan, but saying you know. You know, I kind of embarrassed myself when they said, you know, well, it's $20,000. And I said, you know, who on this council owns a business? Because if you owned a business, you'd know that a $20,000 loan or grant is lovely. But we need more than $20,000. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing that has happened to us. This isn't, you know, uh, the unemployment, you know, problem or something like that. This was a pandemic the country was shut down, and we need more than $20,000. So I advocated for a higher dollar amount and for all businesses, all new businesses, to be eligible for this business. And I think my corporate background or just my New York personality, I don't know what it is, <laughs> you know, made me advocate for this. I, you know, at first I was sitting for it, and I was sitting still for it. And then I said, why am I sitting still for this? This is crazy. I'm losing money every single day, and nobody wants to help. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly, Leslie, you're such a such a great example of um, the tenacity and grit that we need in our community. Um, I think uh, people like you that provide services that are so dearly needed um, in the community uh, are really the backbone of the community and the business community. So um, I, I really want to thank you for, for coming here today and, and sharing what your what your passion is um, and what your plans are and uh, what your struggles are. And, uh, and, and that's, that, that's, real, that's real. Uh, for for each of the uh, entrepreneurs that takes on the risk of um, you know putting your personal property uh, against the loan and hiring people and creating those jobs and making those investments and at the end of the day make lives a little bit better for everybody in the community right mm-hmm. and at the end of the day really even advocating uh, for 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 that group of people in in the community. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank you for for sharing that. It's it's very important that people hear that story, uh, because what what we what uh, India and I are trying to do here is is get people to understand what it takes to be an entrepreneur, what's great about it, what the risks are, uh, and 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 take the mystery out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and if I if I if I understand correctly. Um, that support from the community, from your customers, from your friends, from your family, um, is what keeps you going. Is that absolutely, fair? absolutely? It's and and my belief that we can do more, that we can do more, mm-hmm. and that we will do more. So, um, thank you for saying that. No barrier can't be overcome, right? <laughs> this is true. No yeah. barrier. No barrier. Yeah. The world is our oyster. And when people say athletes, superstars, business leaders say, um, if you really want to do something, go out and do it, it is absolutely true. All I say uh, with regard to, you know, starting a business is, you know, talk to other people, hear what they have done and, and learn from that so that you can be that much more successful by talking to other people and hearing what 
the struggles have been so that maybe you don't have those same struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We wanted to um, end this conversation a little bit on a lighter note. And, um, and, and we're asking, mm-hmm. usually as a last question, what is your favorite spot in Topeka? And it could be restaurant, coffee shop, local gift store, you know, event <laughs> venue, anything. <laughs> favorite spot in Topeka. Um, I would have to say, and this will be a shock to you guys, um, is uh, actually Debonair's Barbershop. Oh, okay. On 8th Street. I used to pass that place all the time thinking... I have no need for that place. You know, I, I'm not a guy. There used to be all guys hanging in there getting their hair cut. And um, we went in there. I'm a, I'm a member of the Topeka chapter of the Lynx. It's a women's organization here in town. And uh, I'm in charge of fundraising. So I had to go in and ask them, would they be willing to uh, offer a auction item for our fundraiser? And the one of the barbers there said, you know, I'd like to cut your hair sometime. Why don't you come back and let me cut your hair? And of course, I have very little hair on my head, <laughs> purposely. And I said, sure, you know, I'll come. And I have found uh, such community there, um, which is so different, you know, <laughs> going to a barber shop. And, it, you know, you know, it's sort of like a beauty shop, but it's different. Uh, because there's a lot of guys in there. And then there's girls in there. And the conversation is very rich about what's going on in Topeka, what's going on in our country. And I don't get that kind of conversation often enough. And by going in there, these these guys are really talking about, you know, what's going on in the world and engaging and giving me a different perspective than I get really going anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's one of my favorite places to go. No, it's, a, it's different. It's not an answer I expected, but it's it's very neat. And yeah, I yeah. I don't usually give those normal <laughs> answers for some reason, but yeah. So and if you need a great haircut, go to Devon Harris. <laughs> I'm all about helping uh, all of our businesses, and um, you know, Milk and Honey is a great new business. They also opened during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And they, like me, are looking for that grant from the city because we opened after February of 2020. So go check out Milk and Honey as well. Mm-hmm. And if you're a dog or a cat and need a haircut, you go to Tender Loving Care. <laughs> That's exactly right. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Leslie, I, that about wraps up our conversation today. Um, and we've I've so enjoyed this conversation, enjoyed having you on. Is there anything else you, you want to leave our readers with? Anything else on your mind you were hoping to... to let listeners know about? Um, I would just remind everyone that we take all cats and dogs. And uh, as recently as two weeks ago, we even cared for a pet rabbit at Tender Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel. So we did not have any cats in residence at the time. And so we put the bunny rabbit named Chanel uh, <laughs> in uh, one of the cat suites and uh, Chanel had it was a it's a boy they didn't know it was a boy at first so they named it Chanel Chanel had a great time at TLC and we had the best time because we've never had a rabbit before mm-hmm. so um, you know if you have a pet 
any kind of cat or dog, whatever age, whatever type, any problem, please bring them. And if they have no problem, of course, bring them to Tender Loving Care Pet Nursing Hotel. You can go to our website and read more about us at tlcpetnursinghotel.com. We're on 17th Street, right across from the Dairy Queen. And uh, we'd love you to come in. We'd love to meet your fur baby. We'd love to care for them or give them a groom. Um, it's just been a great experience meeting so many new people, so many beautiful dogs, so many dogs that um, really have fallen in love with us and us with them. So um, I'm thoroughly glad that I started this business and I'm looking forward to many years here in Topeka. Awesome. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you to you as well, Katrine, for helping me out with the podcast, for asking great questions. <laughs> uh, this is this is awesome. I can't wait for the next time. What a great conversation today. It certainly was. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you just heard, please like and subscribe. And if you know of any entrepreneur in Topeka that you would like us to highlight on this show, please let us know. To reach us, you can shoot me an email at iyarbrough at cjonline.com or you can find me on Twitter. Hope you'll join us next time. Thank you.